everybody. Welcome back, everybody. This is the March edition or March episode of the HMS podcast. Here with me is uh, Mr. Hinkle. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Going to go over some of the stuff that occurred during the month of March, some of our uh, the work our staff's doing, but most importantly, the fun things that our students are doing. Um, we'll be joined by Jacob and Griffin from Mrs. Githmark's social studies class today to talk about a project they're doing uh, or just completed. Uh, but Super fun. Yep. Did a great job. Involved some presentations to third grade students. But uh, Mr. Hinkle, uh, weekend of the 18th, what do we have going on with some of our students? Weekend of the 18th. Yeah, this weekend, um, we have the inventors and the chain reaction designers. I want to wish them a good luck because they are going to UNH Durham to compete at the Northern New England Regional Invention Convention. And they are uh, going up against students from all over New Hampshire, Mass, and Maine. Just a shout out to those kids, uh, Philip LaPierre, Crew Fitzgerald, Annabelle Gaguerre, Sarah Tilton, Evelyn Dunn, Evelyn Harding, Holly Royce, uh, Cora Zoiga, Lily Connor, Sam Gregory, Madeline Zagaria, Caroline McLean, Hazel Lloyd, and Zoe Staples. So we wish them well. That's super fun. Yep. Mrs. Ruest does a nice job organizing that throughout the course of the year. Uh, they just got done with their, I guess, uh, town-level invention convention here at Hooks Memorial School in Underhill for our younger students. But, yeah, they're moving on, so that's going to be great. Can't wait to watch them and, and hear about what they what they accomplished this weekend. Um, later in the episode, we'll have Mark Your Calendars with Mr. Hinkle. Put your mind to it. But most recently, we had Patrick and, and uh, Allison, from, who are public information officers from the State of New Hampshire Department of Safety Division of Emergency Services and Communications here to speak with our students, basically just about 911 and, and what it is, how it works. Um, so they came in and did a nice presentation. Yeah, I thought that it was good for the kids. They asked a lot of good questions and they talk about, um, also talked about texting 911, which is a feature that I was un- unclear about. Yeah, that and uh, I think a lot of students were surprised that you know even even if their their parents' phones have locks on them or if, if they were in a situation where they needed to call nine one one, all phones now are capable of calling nine one one without unlocking a screen. So, um, but like you said, Mr. Hinkle, great questions from the students, um, and and really it ties in a lot of the, a lot with the see something say something conversations we've been having with students. Um, Mr. Hinkle and I did a presentation with students in September. We also did one in January. Um, but the whole see something, say something uh, campaign that we've been discussing, um, this was a, a nice uh, short 25-minute presentation that the students got that reiterated the importance of if you see something that's just not right um, to report it, whether it's to a parent or, in this case, um, using that that safety feature of um, 911 to, to report emergencies. And, and, and they did. They covered... You know what happens if you accidentally ever call nine one one, or what are some uh, instances in which you would call nine one one, and what are some instances maybe that you wouldn't. So uh, the students were great; they loved it, and uh, it really was a, a good, quick hitter presentation that was in line with some of the other stuff we're doing. Yeah, the uh, two things that I really took away from that was um, location is the most important thing when you make a nine one call. If there is a real emergency, you want to give your location and be as accurate and specific as possible. And then actually, uh, yeah, they talked about if you accidentally call 911, what to do and what not to do. And you don't want to just hang up quickly. You want to actually tell the 911 operator that there is not an emergency. So those are two uh, good takeaways for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, as far as staff goes this this month, we've had a... Kind of a lot going on. We, we have our normal committees that meet. Um, we have a grading and reporting committee that you can find some more information about in, a, in the 
uh, March or, or any of the board reports. But we had a PD day, we have um, our regular weekly PLTs, and we had a staff meeting this month um, like we do every month. But kind of a, a, a theme that we're trying to tie into all of them is, you know, grading and reporting. And, and so basically, what are we teaching? How are we teaching it? Um, how do we assess if students know? And then how do we report out? And what's the important stuff to report out to parents? So Mr. Hinkle certainly done a lot of work with that, uh, not only here, but in, in previous districts. But uh, in a nutshell, what's uh, what's some of the stuff that we could align all of this stuff in? in uh... Yeah, really, it comes down to what you were just saying, uh, Mr. Largy, which is how do we know what the kids know? Yep. What do we do if they know it? Move them along. How do we? Move? And then what do we do if they don't know it? Yep. And it's really about being accurate and transparent and timely with our reporting and our feedback. And we really owe that to our students first and foremost, and then the teachers use that knowledge to make sure that they are keeping kids right on the edge of their learning. And then we owe it to the community and the families to make sure that we are uh, reporting out accurately. So we are looking at how we do that here at a Hooks and Memorial and making sure that um, we are reading the research and looking at ways that we can keep kids in Technically, it's called the zone of proximal development, which is right on the edge of our learning. So, so that it's challenging and challenging, but right at their level. So we are meeting kids where they are in terms of where they are in their learning. So it's just challenging enough where they can see success, but that they are also growing. Yep. And a lot of uh, the beginning work for that goes into, first of all, knowing the curriculum, but then having appropriate assessment measures. And those look very different, um, you know in different, whether it's formative assessment, summative assessment, but um, some of the work we've started with is rubrics, and, and rubrics play a huge role in that accurate feedback. Right, so what a rubric is really is just a tool to measure where a student is in their learning. And a rubric usually has four steps, um, and that third step is kind of where the student meets the standard. The fourth step is where they go above and beyond and they apply it to novel situations or um, across different content areas. And then the second step kind of showcases that they're not there yet and that they're still in that journey to meeting the standard. Um, and then the first step is um, even less evidence of that. But so we are really exploring what, what our rubrics look like, um, whether they are outlining and identifying the standards and the targets that we really want to hit through our assessment. So it, it is all interconnected, as you say, Mr. Largy, because when we look at how we assess kids, we want to make sure that the assessments that we're giving are valid, that they really give us the information that we need, um, and that the kids understand them, and that they're used for growth, and that the language that we use is kid-friendly, it's parent-friendly, it's teacher-friendly. Yep. Yeah, a lot of great work, and none of it happens without, you know, our staff. This is a, a, a tremendous staff that uh, is looking always to grow and what else is out there and, and how to make sure that they're best, you know, providing the instruction, but also best providing accurate feedback that's helpful for them in planning, but also helpful for students um, to celebrate their successes. So uh, it, it, was a, it was a heavy month, it felt like, with committee work, PD days, um, PLTs uh, each week, and a staff meeting, but um, all great work, and we're, we're really trying to align it so that um, we're all moving in the same direction, and um, 
Yeah, it's, even it's on the snow day, we were, yeah. <laughs> we were doing great work even on that snow day. Yep, well, so. it was, tech. yeah, you know, technically a uh, PD snow day. I right, guess right, it was. Yeah, so no school for students anyway, but yeah, Remote everybody, PD day. I know everybody stayed actively engaged in all the sessions. We had uh, keys to content writing, we had um, OGAP in math, uh, rubric work for um, our unified art staff, we had our um, school counselors working on see something, say something, and all while I'm sure they were looking outside their window thinking, how's the driveway going to get shoveled? Because it was coming down quick, as you know. But um, yeah, so that's what's happening from the staff end. Uh, a lot of great things. We have some field trips we'll talk about later on that are going on uh, yep. this month. Exciting things. But uh, at this time, we're going to jump into our first two guests, which are, uh, like I said, uh, Jacob and Griffin from Mrs. Githmark's class, uh, here to talk to us about a, a fun social studies opportunity that he got to participate in with, with Mrs. Githmark. Well, we have with us Griffin Gagney and Jacob Tempe from Miss Githmark's class, each in two different classes, but they've worked on the same project related to Native American museums, and they're in with us at the podcast to, to talk a little bit. So welcome, Jacob. Welcome, Griffin. Hello. Hello. Thank Happy you. Happy to have you. All right. Happy to be here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Well, Mrs. Githmark uh, came up with your two names really quick. Uh, she was really excited about the work you did and the quality of your presentations and said you guys would do a great job representing the project and, and what all the other fifth graders got to do um, in your two classes. So um, it sounds like you guys started off with a lot of previewing of material from uh, all five regions in their social studies books. Uh, and then you guys were offered choice to choose your partners and choose... Well, it was actually uh, mostly like which one we wanted to learn most about okay. and which one interested the most. And then we got our social studies book and did some research about what um, Native Americans um, we wanted to learn about. And we kept doing research. We wrote down what we um, got. And then we were starting to um, design our project, and then we built our project. So where were some of the, the research materials that you guys um, used? Sometimes um, online and the library of um, Mrs. Gethmark's class. Uh, she you had, put some resources on Schoology for yes. you guys? Yep. Good. Social studies textbook? Yes. All right. Well, we so didn't you found use that that much, though. Not that much? Well, it sounds like you had multiple resources to find out... Um, uh, you know, research and information to be able to do your project. So what, what became the project? What did you ultimately create? We created a, a realistic um, model of what they what were their environments looked like and what would it look like back then. Yes. So you got to kind of what their environment were, where they lived, housing, food, what, yes. clothing, all that stuff. And, and so you all created these visual representations and it became like a museum? Yes. Yes. All right. What um what did those look like, Jacob? What did what did some of them look like if, from um, memory? Well, I know I made a model, um homemade model. I made it out of popsicle sticks and a just normal, like really thin trees. So yeah, it was it was hard. Yeah. It wasn't easy. But they looked pretty cool at the end. So, you know, not only is the work difficult sometimes, but you guys were in, I keep saying you guys, the students in class were in uh, 
groups, what's it like working in a group trying to make decisions on one final product if there's four or five or was it partners or how many people were you working um, with? Um, one. So there's two yeah. people in so each group. Of two. And some people had three. Okay. So what was that like having to, you know, work together to get your ideas? It was kind of fun, but also hard because yeah. my part, my partner, he was, he was great. He used to look down at his cards, but when he was presenting, he looked right at the audience, but we, he used to like go on from like hunting and then pass it on to me, but I thought he'd do hunting then grow. So there was some planning that had to go in. So Yeah, it, we, it mixed up a little. It was confusing at some times, but then we pulled our act together and we got it done. <laughs> Good. So Griffin and Jacob, you both bring up the kind of the third part to the project. There was the research and there was the creation of the museum exhibit. And then what was the third part, Jacob? What was the third part you, um, you all did? The third part was we presented to third graders. Um, no, to the class. Oh, True. Yeah. yeah. We presented to our class and to the third graders, but it was very nerve-wracking. But then when we kept practicing and practicing, um, it got less nervous. Yeah. And and it sounds like so, like, um, like Griffin was saying, you first started doing some, like, practice presentations with your classmates. Yeah. So it looks like in all you maybe did four or more presentations. So but by the time yeah. you got to third grade classes... Uh, you were a little bit better. And that's yeah. a great public speaking is, is a definitely a, a skill that, um, you know, people work at their whole lives to feel comfortable doing. And it, it can become a very difficult thing. So the fact that you guys are doing it um, alongside some research projects and, and creative uh, uh, projects, it's, it's a great set of skills. And, and you also got to have our third graders watch you do it and learn from you guys, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was sometimes they interrupted, but some... but. Most of the time, they were really into it. I had this one girl that was, she was into it. She asked amazing questions. She was just, mm-hmm. like, on point. She mm-hmm. was all about it. That's awesome. It the gives you a new... presenting to ask questions. Yeah. Once we said, do you have any questions? They said no. But then we looked at their papers. Nothing was on. Yeah, that mm-hmm. did happen. Um, we stopped to help them spell a bunch of kids were um, did everything before, so we had to go back and help them. They were a little like over the top, so they so, were like. So done it gives early. you a new perspective too, because typically you two are in class learning with the teacher giving the majority of the instruction. Yes. Put you in a different place to now see what it's like to be the one instructing yeah, we and having teachers. to field the questions and maybe explain. And the anger of that interrupt. Yeah. Oh, they it, 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 it did get a okay. little frustrating sometimes. Well, so now you have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, thank you guys for coming in. It was um, uh, Mrs. Githmark is, is back in class, so she's not joining us now, but she was very excited about the whole project. I know I got to go in there and observe you guys uh, present to your own class. I didn't, I didn't join for the third grade part, but uh, everybody in your class did a great job. It was a great learning experience. And again, getting that chance to practice the public speaking and presenting uh, is a really good skill to have. So, My favorite uh, part about the project is because we all became docents of the, uh, the Native Americans. What is That's a great vocabulary word. What does that mean? It means an expert. An um, expert. Kind of good at it. And you're just... You're, you're just an expert. You're like, good. At, you're good at your job. Yeah, yes. Any takeaways from you, Jacob? Um, it was a very fun experience. Um, I would definitely do that again. 
I wouldn't. It took way too long. Okay, you guys <laughs> put a lot of time into it, yeah. but the so hard work paid off because they uh, they came out great. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. All right. Well, yes, that was great. Uh, it's always exciting to see what the what the students are doing here and um, be able to share that out as much as possible. Don't forget we have our um, Instagram account. Follow us on Instagram, hooksit underscore memorial. Uh, and then this podcast will give you some information about what's also happening here at school. And then the board report uh, that gets sent home monthly. But uh, so, again, nice job to those two students. Love having students come in here and, and participate with this as well. Uh, but at this time, Mr. Hinkle, what do we have for the tail end of the episode yeah month of march mark your calendars trimester two already over mr largy already over already over on the 20th uh, trimester two ends on the 21st trimester three begins which means that report cards go out on the 27th so keep your eyes peeled for those i i actually cannot believe it's almost april it's wild it only goes faster from here. Yep. We also have a fun grade four field trip this month. Um, depending on which class you are in, um, you're either going to go on March 30th or the 31st to the New Hampshire State House and the New Hampshire uh, Historical Society. Yep. Which is a super fun and educational field trip that really showcases uh, the government here in New Hampshire and also the amount of incredible history that we have here. I've been on that field trip probably seven times yep. and I always learn something new yeah last year was my first opportunity uh, being new to the grade four scene in education um, yeah but ties right into what the, the fourth graders are learning yep. about and because fourth graders learn about the state of New Hampshire yep. that's that's their thing did you know that there's a secret tunnel underneath I learned that last year the state of, that's that's crazy yep. um, so anyway lots of fun things happening and uh, the state house trip should be a good time so All right, we have the Put Your Mind To It segment. It's my favorite segment, Put Your Mind To It. We have a new riddle. We had a great winner last month in Violet LaRosie. She won a great prize, um, some gift certificates to the school store. School store? As it were. So, yeah, uh, we we have another fun prize this month. Our first time that we uh, did this, we had Sam, and uh, he won a great prize, too. So, here is the riddle. I exist only where there is light, but direct light kills me. What am I? Again, I will uh, repeat that. I exist only where there is light, but direct light kills me. What am I? If you think you know the answer... Write it on the back of a Maglite 150 LRX Mag Charger Rechargeable LED Flashlight... Or a post-it note. Post-it you can, note, yeah. You can write the back of a post-it note, too. And send it in to me, Mr. Hinkle. Send it in to the office. See if uh, you know the answer. And uh, Hold on. we got one more thing on the calendar, Mr. Hinkle. We have one more thing on the yeah. calendar. What did I forget? It was the fifth grade field trip, and that is on the 29th. And, um, yeah, fifth graders, they are traveling to uh, the Kristen McAuliffe uh, Shepherd Discovery Center. So that is a fun trip too. That is, it's, it's yes. great. They see the planetarium, a lot to do there, and a lot, a lot of um, opportunities to take what they're learning about and see it firsthand. So it's excellent. Lots of good stuff happening here at HMS. Yeah. 
Is that it for the month of March? That's it for the month of March. All right. Don't forget to uh, encourage others to listen to this podcast. And students, please submit your your answers to Mr. Hinkle's Put Your Mind to a Question for chances to win cool prizes. Thank you very much. Thank you.